0: hello and welcome the name of this podcast series is taboo truths and tales so why these particular t words are all in the title you may may want to know fair question it's because this podcast deals with subject matter considered to be taboo this podcast deals with a person's perception of truths And this podcast deals with storytelling tales of fiction told by an individual. You need to choose for yourself what you perceive as truths versus tales, because very often in real life, that distinction is not crystal clear. This podcast is marked Explicit. What that means, you should not listen to this podcast if you happen to be under the age of 18 or if someone under age 18 is listening there with you. Explicit means nobody under age 18 should be listening to this podcast series. So here we go taboo truths and tales is hosted by Madeira de souza that's me some of you may know me by my nickname as woody whatever you want to call me i welcome you here to this podcast which is definitely intended for people who are 18 or older thank you now let's get started My guest for podcast number five is Richter Riolo. Here we go. Richter, I followed with great interest your, uh, uh, shall we call it a checkered career? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Over the years. And we have, and there's a three letters IRL, we have met in real life. So this is not just, I didn't pick you out of a, googled search you have gone into dealing with subjects that are considered uh, truthful to many people but you see right through them and you see what you have rightfully called hoaxers and so I wanted to talk to you about all these things so uh, okay when I first heard of you it was back in 2012 in Las Vegas uh, you met uh, Sam My husband, um, he and you were considering working at Eli Roth's Goratorium in Las Vegas on the Strip, which that opened in um, 2012 and closed not even a year later in 2013. What do you remember from that long-ago time with the Goratorium?
1: I remember your husband... Mr. Sam, when we were all hired and we had this giant like employee meeting at some uh, office park and he and your husband does command a presence. He's a big man and he's got a big voice. And so when he stands up and he starts talking, it's like, hello, (laughs) there he is. I thought he was like. Uh, a league in his, a league in his own. You know what I mean. He was just he overpowered everybody, and I can see why they cast him to be a part of their attraction. You would be a fool not to. And uh, your podcast, are you you're openly gay, right? With the podcast?
0: Yes, yes, definitely. Okay. But
1: I had no idea that Sam was on our team, and when I found out that he was, we were starting to get to know each other on on Facebook Messenger, I was blown away. Sam does not give off any clues that he's um, Team Rainbow. <laughs> not whatsoever. Yeah. There's, no, there's no swish, there's no sway, there's no stereotypical bliss, nothing. He's just this, oh, hello, I am Sam. You know? <laughs> it's like, oh, Yes. You, you want to run and hide. <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, well, well, he's just a,
0: teddy bear.
1: That's that's, that's my greatest memory from the Coratorium, was meeting him and getting to know him, even though the whole thing was a flop. Yeah, it
0: (laughs) didn't didn't last too long. I did see him. Luckily, I was able to visit a couple of times two separate occasions and see him in character, and the makeup and the appliances on on his face and everything. Um, It was a real treat. I just wonder, Eli Roth his name is associated with that attraction. And he's, uh, you know, he's very well known as, or then was very well known for the movie Hostel and also Cabin Fever. But I wonder if he really gave a shit at all about Goratorium because it just was so, I think, ill-conceived. Very nice looking, you know, but... Geez, it was just so crazy what they did.
1: Well, there's, a, there's a couple things uh, that was bad from the get-go. Number one, the rent. By being on the Las Vegas Strip, the rent would have been, and it is, I know for a fact, astronomical. You know, a friend of mine was a general manager for GameWorks, and their monthly rent was $600,000 when it was on the Las Vegas Strip.
0: Did you and say, you said 600000 uh-huh oh okay. no okay but so
1: there's the Goratorium. i don't know if that was the same price that they had to pay for rent nonetheless it gives you a ballpark fix and number two there was no restaurant attached to the goratorium. there was a bar but there was nothing that made it a full experience for people to be scared and enjoy the ambiance yeah. there was nothing secondary income coming in and when i worked at the star trek experience at the las vegas for two years when it opened there's the museum the ride the restaurant and bar and stop slash you know uh, retail area yes and star trek experience was open for but hmm, how many years uh almost 10 i can't tell you exactly how many years it was open but did a lot better than
0: the Goratorium. Oh, yeah. And I enjoyed the uh, the Star Trek um, experience. It was, um, you know, it was respectful to all of the canons, and uh, it was fun. It really was. Goratorium, I don't know. The thing that creeped me out the most was you had to walk through, to get to the bar at the end, you had to walk through this hallway, and they had. Um, well, essentially balloons that were inflated and they were made of some kind of creepy material, you know, like um, latex or something. <laughs> I don't know. And they were black and the room was no, there was no lighting. You had to walk through and this stuff touched your face and your shoulders and your neck and it just creeped me out. I hated it. I just hated it. And then you get out to the bar, which was a great location overlooking a balcony that overlooked the Strip. But, you know, like you said, there was no... It wasn't a restaurant, it was just a bar. And not even a good bar, you know, at all.
1: Right, and that, I think, contributed to it not having any kind of longevity. So, that's my opinion.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, now, um, shortly after... In 2014, you appeared on a reality television competition show called $10 Million Bigfoot Bounty, Spike TV. Can you talk about that for a bit? Sure. So
1: when the Coratorium filled, I was crushed. I was devastated because I was hoping to God, please let that be my ticket out of waiting tables. I'm entertaining, I'm a zombie monster, I'm, you know, granted I won't be the same money as waiting tables, but I would actually finally be doing something that would make me feel good as a performer slash entertainer, as an extrovert, and I was just crushed that it didn't work out, and the way that the managers handled our scheduling there at the auditorium, and my dad said, don't worry, there's something better that will come along, he was right. I then, one year later, had the audition for the reality show on Spike TV, and I got it. And that was leaps and bounds more of a stepping stone for me in my career than the Goratorium. Everything, you're on a journey, right? So you, something bad happens and something good happens. And You've got to learn from that and hope that somebody else will pan out in your future. And generally, it, it will. you just got to keep working at it and keep going for it. You know. well, and
0: and you and you really have that, those aren't just words for you i have a list of things and we'll get to the list but things you have done over the years since then and it seems that you are very um self-directed that you when you set your mind to something that you go ahead and follow through most people do not most just say well I'm thinking of doing x y or z and they just think of it and they talk about it and never do it you you actually did it many things you did many things and we'll get to in a second but that particular reality television competition show I remember I remember thinking that you were a believer, that you were someone who, and there are many that do believe that Bigfoot is uh, a a reality, that that is an actual living um, life form. Uh, but it turns out that's not what that's not what's going on. You do not think of Bigfoot as an, an actual life form, do you?
1: Okay, so. Let me clear the air. Up. It's like with anything you enjoy in life. You know how they tell you that you should never meet your celebrity icon because you'll be crushed, you know, for example. Uh, when it comes to Bigfoot, it's like going to a magic show. You're mesmerized while you're sitting at the audience. I was blessed to not only be an audience member, but to also be a participant down on the stage. And once you find out how the trick is done in a magic show, you realize it's all a lie. It's an illusion. When you get too close to something, you see it for what it truly, really is. It can shake your core. It can shake your beliefs, your very foundation. And for the longest time, I thought the pattern we've all seen from seven was real. You know, it's very to see this dark creature casually strolling along the dry creek area and 59 seconds of footage of a creature that has yet to be found. There's no DNA proof. Science does not recognize this creature as being something that is alive and there's never been a body fit. And all we have are stories. Now there are people in big, like Dr. Jeff Meldrum, who is a professor at Idaho university and, um, He's an anthropologist. He says that those footprint caps that we have, which are not are evidence of Bigfoot. I disagree. All the footprint casts are are evidence that someone made them plaster. You know, so we don't have video documentation, photographic documentation of a creature that is making the prints. It's all—it's all just rhetoric. And the problem with Bigfoot is it's belief-based. It's just like politics. It's just like religion. There's no body. So Woody will have an opinion, it's an ape. Whereas Rick here will have an opinion, it's not real. And then Sam will have an opinion, no, Bigfoot's a person. It's my friend. And these are valid arguments going on in the world of Bigfoot. It's just like a circus. It's like Fox News and MSNBC and CNN reporting of their points of view over a creature for all intent and purposes does not exist. And I now know for a fact that that footage is not real from 1957. And people don't like to hear the truth. There's a saying and there's a quote and I'm going to read it to you right now. I have it saved. Everyone says they hate a liar. Try being the one who tells the truth. And right now in the world of Bigfoot, I'm telling it like it is. And I'm the bad guy. Well, because people have their blinders on. And they don't want to see it for what it really is. Because it makes them think about how involved they've become in something that isn't real. Now, I'm not saying it's a waste of time to think Bigfoot's real. Maybe it is, right? But let's be honest here. With all these people that are out hiking and camping with cell phones... And that are running from for their lives from a mountain lion that's chasing them, or trying to scare off a bear from approaching them. Do we ever have any people with their cell phones screaming, "It's a Bigfoot! It's going to attack me!" and they're running for their lives? No, we don't. Bigfoot's <laughs> not real.
0: Well, you had you used a phrase that um, indicates you believe people uh, consider Bigfoot. To be a friend, quote unquote, or they have uh, some kind of an emotional attachment to Bigfoot. How does how does that work, and why 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 would someone choose to be a, to consider Bigfoot their friend if they never met or they never spoke on the phone or you know that kind of a thing?
1: I, I have a valid theory on this, and after being involved in Bigfoot for over ten years now. The way I word it is that Bigfoot attracts people who are broken, who are deeply hurt, people who weren't popular in high school, who have failed somehow in life, who are not um, highly intelligent, and by becoming part of a group of people that welcome you for what any absurd thought or idea you have on this subject There's no checks and balances. And you are given open arms. Welcome to Bigfoot, Woody. You say that Bigfoot's talking to you through telepathy and mind speak, as they call it? Fantastic. Tell your story. Maybe someone else can understand what it's like to have a relationship with Bigfoot. And then you're on coast-to-coast AM talking about this BS. It's ludicrous. It's ridiculous. You know? I get it. Life is hard. Life is full of pain and suffering. Everyone has gone through hell in their life. I know I have, but I'm not running to a mystical magical make-believe creature that may or may not exist and then fighting with people over it on the internet and making videos on YouTube. It's what? Like I like I said a few minutes ago. It's all belief-based and people need meaning in their life we have to be a part of something, it's in our DNA we're pack animals you know, we're, we need to be a part of a tribe we need to feel like we belong and it feels good to make friends that, like us you know, share the same thoughts and belief systems and it's like with politics like with religion, you know, and Bigfoot same thing, but it also lends itself to Star Trek fans, Trekkers Look how crazy Star Wars fans have been ever since Disney took over Star Wars. The whole division with the fan community over the new movies that they've been making. You know, there's just the Humans are highly passionate about what they believe in. And unfortunately, that also lends itself to the critically absurd.
0: Yeah. Now, you yeah. mentioned uh, a telepathic connection, or you said something like mind fr- from yeah. the... How does, how, what does that mean? How is that? I had never seen that anywhere. Uh, Oh, glad
1: you haven't. It's the most ridiculous, it's the stupidest thing you've ever heard. For instance, a friend of mine who believes a Bigfoot was coming toward him in his tent said Bigfoot told him, quote, you better pack up your tent and get the fuck out of here. I'm like, really? Bigfoot told you to, quote, get the fuck up out of here? Since when does Bigfoot know our slang? Since when does Bigfoot know English? Since when does Bigfoot know how to put together a sentence like that? What is wrong with you? What kind of drugs are you on? <laughs> you know, people interpret things based on their own point of view. So let's say if you're a drug addict, you just add all but you crazy to it. You know, if you're delusional or you're suffering from some kind of mental condition. Normal people will know when they're in danger. We have that you know, fight or flight thing that happens to us. You know when you're being watched. Your body tells you. Your hair stands up on the back of your neck. You get goosebumps. You get creeped out. You know when something's not right. That's not mind speak, okay? That's your body reacting to a negative influence that's around you. But cuckoo people add stories. They embellish. They add more. Oh, Bigfoot told me to talk to Woody right now on the Internet. You know, literally, yeah. they it, say stuff like this. Have, God bless them. God bless these poor sad individual souls. You know, hey, all the more power to them. They're not hurting anybody. They're only hurting themselves, and it's just sad.
0: Well, um, do they, the people that believe they can get communication from Bigfoot, have they put it into like, you know, the the uh, early Christians and the uh, the apostles and all? I was raised Roman Catholic, so I have some awareness of all of that. Do do people of the present day put the uh the words or the sayings of Bigfoot in any codified way into writing and do a text collection anywhere?
1: Like what do you mean by a text collection?
0: You know, the the gospel according to John, if I use those words, then you and others who have heard of um, uh, the person named John who wrote uh, uh, Gospels in the Bible, that means something, and we can easily quote, I cannot, but people can easily quote uh, chapter and verse from the Gospels according Uh, to... I
1: I see how that relates to Big uh, and it's because of people like Dr. Jeff Meldrum, who say that Sasquatch is known to have a mid tarsal break in its foot, that it has a cone shaped head and a Sagittarial crest, things like that. And they people re- re- refer to that as if it's facts. Well, in that footprint that Woody and Fan just found, uh, you can clearly see a mid tarsal break. They point to it as if it's fact. It's not fact, it's all hypothesis, it's not even a theory. Because in order to have a theory, you need to have a body to derive theories from. We don't even have that in Bigfoot. It's just stories and "quote unquote" um, authority figures that we put on pedestals, telling you what is real and what isn't real. You know, and so that's one of the biggest problems I have in Bigfoot. That's where you have that you know gospel is these people that have agendas, like Meldrum, who go to Bigfoot conferences who only wants to get who writes books, who goes on TV, who wants to get paid, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm all for capitalism. However, Bigfoot must be real. So therefore, he pushes that agenda. Otherwise, he won't make money and he won't be speaking at conferences. He never offers the question, is it real or is it not? No. Bigfoot is real. I have evidence. I have these footcasts. That's not evidence, you motherfucker.
0: Yeah. Well, I understand what you're saying. And you have, I have listened and watched your some of your uh, YouTube um, videos. You've been on four seasons back starting in um, 2017. And I can understand how people who are the, what you call hoaxers, or the adherents, or the believers, would be very, very angry at you because you clearly express what is seemingly obvious and that is how ludicrous everything is yeah
1: right yeah it's the real world the people that are listening to you right now live in a real world and this is probably blowing them away you know they they don't realize the, the 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 circus that is the bigfoot world i'm told that the ufo world is worse than bigfoot who knows but you know what Let's lend some credit to the UFO world. Because of the recent UFO footage that the government, the Pentagon, has released, here's the official scorecard. UFOs, one, Bigfoot, zero. <laughs> yeah. Okay? And, end of subject. But people will still fight tooth and nails because it's something that they value, they have tremendous passion for, and gives their miserable little lives meaning. You know, so... Yeah, so my show, Off the Richter, uh, I created it out of a. I created it because no one was speaking the truth. And I noticed that online, on YouTube, and on television, everyone was telling you Bigfoot's real and they're going to show you proof. And I used to believe that. And once you realize the truth and once you see it for what it is, a, it's embarrassing that you were a part of the circus for so long. And another thing is, all these personalities fit that unfortunate characteristic of the American cowboy, the toxic masculinity. And here comes this gay guy that gets on a reality show that they would have all killed for, right? I've spent 80 years out in the woods. My whole life, <laughs> as extreme as that sounds, I've spent hundreds of hours just this past month looking for Bigfoot. And here comes this homosexual, and then they, they were targeting me. And i was like, what did I do to you? Who are they? they were wishing AIDS upon me. They were wanting someone to kill me. I had someone show up at my work. I had someone show up at my doorstep. Just because I'm a homosexual man that made it on a Bigfoot reality show. How dare me? Oh, my God. Boy, did I jolt the system. And so I didn't know how to respond. I didn't know how to react to this. So I created Off the Richter where I made fun of these people. I mocked them for their ridiculous beliefs at their video statements. I used their content against them. It's not slander. I'm not libel. This is what they're saying. This is my first to death. It's like posh.o. And it's comedy. It's absolute comedy. Yes, it is.
0: It is very funny. Um, You, at the same time, or maybe I have the sequence wrong, but you started off the Richter in 2017. The uh, Spike TV reality television competition show was... Uh, 2014. But you also have attended in person. You showed your face at events that are Bigfoot gathering. I mean, the fans of Bigfoot gathered. How did did you do that if they didn't like you? And in fact, they targeted you, as you said. Well,
1: I do have an audience, and a lot of people do like my show. It's just that the It's like with politics, um, the bad guys tend to always be the loudest. You know, you could be speaking to an entire audience and everybody's clapping, but there's that one person at the back that's booing you, and that's what you hear, and that's what you see. And I've been to many conferences where I've had a lot of people come up up to me and tell me their Bigfoot encounters. I don't laugh at them. I, I go, okay, that's cool, thanks for sharing. You know, the ones that I laugh at are the ones that make the conclusion, I saw a Bigfoot, yep, yeah, I seen it, it crossed the street, yep, yeah, maybe up or down my pantsuit. Like, shut the fuck up, get the fuck away from me. But <laughs> so when someone comes up to you and says, hey, Woody, I saw something I can't explain. It was like an eight-foot-tall, skinny, hairy, lanky-looking thing, da 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 that gets my interest. That's a nugget of gold right there, because they're describing something that goes against what the Patterson-Gimlin film looks like, a big, thick-looking, hairy creature. But in fact, the real reports, to me, in my opinion, that could be real, are the ones that describe it as being very skinny and being very lanky. And I've had two corroborating stories from two different people from Oregon and Washington talk about and describe the same exact thing. Paul and lanky, not thick, and it didn't move like that Patterson Gimlin film hoax. To me, until the Patterson film hoax is shown to be what it is a hoax, and known and accepted as a hoax until then, real Bigfoot research cannot happen because everybody equates to what they see as to that hoax imagery of that 59 second film.
0: Well, you mentioned uh, a couple of instances of people that were, you mentioned an anthropologist. Is there a, a body of research that is being uh, compiled on, on this subject? I mean, in the sense of anthropology, as opposed to, well, I guess culture is anthropology, so people could do cultural research, but is there science-based research, to your knowledge?
1: Uh, unfortunately, it's all been a hack. Um, there was a veterinarian out of Texas that was collecting alleged Bigfoot DNA from people who had mishandled the DNA and polluted it with their own DNA markers. Yeah, it's Bigfoot, and she would make her people that were submitting samples who were trusting these poor people. They thought they had hair. They thought they had Bigfoot's tooth. You know, and they're sending this woman their DNA samples that they found their holy grails of Bigfoot evidence. And then they were forced to sign an NDA. Why? And then this woman creates her own scientific journal because no science journal would take her DNA results seriously because she equated Bigfoot to being part angel. You can't DNA test angel. Angels aren't physically real. It's spiritual icon, you know what I mean, from the Bible. Bigfoot is not the Nephilim. That's what these people are starting to think. So people are creating their own answers. They're using an unknown to explain another unknown. And that's not real science.
0: No. Here. Well, um, so is Bigfoot, you know, in other cultures, in uh, the Islamic culture, for instance, long, long ago, centuries ago, um, the word is jinn, uh, not like Tanqueray Jinn, but it's spelled in the Romanized alphabet, D-J-I-N-N. And the anglicized word is genie, like the genie comes out of the bottle. So the in the Islamic culture, the jinn are a class or a category of beings created after the angels were created. And and they are still talked about. I have friends who are uh, believers in Islam who do believe in the jinn. Uh, is that where this is going with Bigfoot? That Bigfoot is equated. You mentioned one of the classes of angels, and I'm not an expert, but I've heard the word that you said nephil, Nephilim or yeah.
1: I know you're, I know you're going with this. Yeah, because it's belief based. The like religion; it's all belief based. So let's apply God into this mix. Mormons think Bigfoot's real. So those of you that are listening to this, go online, type in Mormons and Bigfoot, and you'll be surprised at what you see.
0: How, how does that, can you give a, a brief explanation? Because i living in Las Vegas. You meet Mormons every day, really, you know. Well, you know, you lived here. Um, How their belief system is, in fact, the name Latter-day Saints means to them and to the world that their faith was created later, much later than the uh, Jesus Christ uh, religion, Christianity. The Mormon religion was created, I believe, in the 19th century not 2,000 years ago. So what is the story? How is it Mormons connect to Bigfoot?
1: Because of that one, by first the mark of Cain, they're equating Bigfoot
0: is the descendant of Cain. I see. Cain from Cain and Abel fame. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was a few moments ago I asked about, did they, does anyone... Write down what Bigfoot conveys mentally. And I understand what you're talking about the gospel in the sense of footprints, imp- impressions of foot, uh, cast in clay or real or whatever. But what I'm talking about is Bigfoot known for phrases such as, if I say a phrase to you, you'll know right away what I'm talking about. And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make everyone knows that that comes from paul mccartney is is there an equivalence to no
1: No, not at all nothing because there's too many different people too many different kinds of people talking about their own points of view that they're injecting into bigfoot's mind speak you know so let's say i was on drugs or i was mentally disturbed and me being a gay man bigfoot would say to me Oh my gosh, Richter, you've got a nice ass. Can I have some fun with that tonight? You know, that's my personal gay take on what Bigfoot would say to me. You know, bend over, Richter. You want something big and hairy? Here it comes. And then you could say, you know, Bigfoot uh, talked to me today and said, you know what, maybe the answer to the equation, you know, E equals MC squared, blah, 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 blah. It's just all depends on your background and your experience as a person along with what's polluting your mind, whether it's drugs or if it's, you know, being a diminished capacity. Everybody has different interpretations of what Bigfoot's telling them in their mind speak. One person says it's the Holy Spirit. So now they're mixing Bigfoot with the Holy Spirit. Can we just please not go any further with this? You know, it's like, stop. When do, when, do, when, do, when do you just, like, you know, just walk out the door?
0: Do you, do you still go to, and I don't know the answer, so I'm asking earnestly, do you still go to the gatherings where the Bigfoot people gather together?
1: Not anymore, um, because, you know what, it's just, imagine going to a Jim and Tammy Faye Baker conference, <laughs> or a Joel Olstein conference, or how about going to a Trump rally? right? And you have all these people that are desperate to believe, yet they don't have the common sense to wear a face mask during a pandemic. I don't want to be a part of that anymore. Yeah, I'm an evolved evolved human being. I've learned. I've taken a journey in Bigfoot. I came from the believer point of view to, okay, let's be real. This shit's not real. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I am not going to participate in that. Um, circus anymore. I'm not a liar, I'm not a charlatan, I'm not a hoaxer, and I'm not ever going to be uh, the bad guy when it comes to that. Uh, here's a, here's a, so here's something I want you to know, Woody. When it came to Bigfoot, I was always interested in the truth. If it's real, great. If it's not real, great. Because that's what I want, is the truth. I don't want somebody to continuously, purposely lying to me.
0: Yeah. You know? So... So you, you believed um, as far back as 2013 or 14 when you were, eventually you were on the $10 million Bigfoot bounty show, Spike TV. You were a believer back then? Yeah. Okay.
1: I was. And then 2015, a good friend of mine said, Richter, take your blinders off. Look at the Patterson gimlin for what it is. And I didn't want to hear that, because I was like, la, 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 I'm covering my ears, I can't hear you, but then, I'll, I'm a smart person, and I was like, okay, let's, let's entertain this thought for a moment. Let's, you know, I'm really good at debating. Let's take a look at this from a dev, you know, devil's advocate. And I was like, well, he might be onto something. And the closer I got to the subject, and getting to know Bob Gilman, and knowing what was going on behind the scenes, and how he keeps changing his story, he was allegedly was a witness. To the bigfoot crossing there at bluff creek he's not on film he wasn't shown there to be with bigfoot but he's like the last surviving member if you believe his story because roger patterson who filmed bigfoot um died in 1972 but yet there was a third person there named bob Hieronymus, that he was the one wearing the suit and bob Hieronymus is still alive and he lives right by bob Gimlin in yakima washington you know, so there was a tight group of little cowboys there in Washington. That it would be a good idea to have some fun and make a little Bigfoot prank. Look what it turned into!
0: Right, yeah. it went on for decades, still going on. Yeah.
1: So, so to back to back to your answer your question, it's like an onion. Okay, so you hear a little bit of it, a bit of information, you look into it deeper, you pull away a little, and then you do your own little research. You keep your ears open and you keep listening. Oh wait, there's a change in the story. Uh, Bigfoot turned and looked because he was crossing the creek. And then Bigfoot turned and looked because he was getting off his horse. So what's the story? What's the truth here? That's another layer. Keep pulling back the layer. Oh, Bob Gimlin's new manager told you on the phone that he's interviewed Bob Gimlin for his deathbed confession video, and he's not going to release it until after Bob Gimlin passes away because he's afraid of the retribution people will take on him. Or his wife. What? That? What? And that the interview is scandalous. What? And that he wanted to get his hands on that suit, the actual suit. So that was the death knell for me when it came to Bigfoot. Since, oh my God! Hearing that from his own manager. His name is Russell Accord, and he's on the show Expedition Bigfoot. Just a frickin charlatan of just just an opportunist. Oh God. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. I already knew, you know, but when you hear it when you actually hear it, it's just oh fuck. I don't know if I can say bad words. But oh fuck. yeah,
0: as much as you like, as <laughs> much.
1: You know, it's like I hate being right. I always am right. I hate being right. <laughs> it sucks. Um, you know, it's, it's fun to think Bigfoot's real. Yeah, but it's not. It's just a big charlatan grifting game.
0: I'm over it. Well, and you have. um the YouTube series "Off the Richter" started uh, 2017. You're you're no longer going to continue. It ends 2021. Is that correct? Um,
1: I have two more episodes to do. I am done. There's nothing more I can say when it comes to this subject. You know, and I want to move on. I want to do other things. I enjoy pissing people off. I like to make people think, and when you make people think, you're shaking them out of their comfort zones. I've done everything I could with Bigfoot, so I want to move on to other things. You know, so, professionally, I can make real money, because in order to make money in Bigfoot, you have to lie, and you have to say it's real. Yeah. And I'm not about that, and I don't want to hoax. Trust me, if I was a hoaxer, oh, I'd be making a bank, having a YouTube channel monetized with millions of views. Oh, yeah perpetuate the myth and the agenda to make money, let's do it. But no, I, I, I'm I'm not a part of I can't I hate lying. As a gay man, I came out of the closet to my parents because I got sick and tired of fucking lying. Because I couldn't keep track of my lies. Yeah. Trying to protect my parents from the truth. But well, here's the th- here's the truth. I'm a gay man. I'm tired of lying. You deserve to know the truth and I deserve to live my life authentically and be my true self. I shouldn't have to change who I am. I shouldn't have to lie just to make you and society comfortable. So ever since I came out as an 18-year-old to my mom with that whole speech I just said, my whole life has been about being as truthful and as honest as possible, that we are all here to give and receive love, not to lie and cheat. That is the antithesis of what I'm about.
0: Yeah. Well, in this season, season four, off the Richter. Episode 7 you devoted to or a large part of it to mental health and suicide awareness and that was in September of 2021. I must say I was uh, mesmerized Richter. I watched the entire thing and I, can you talk about that? That was a very powerful very, very powerful episode. Yeah, you know,
1: it's just when it comes to Bigfoot, we're dealing with a lot of mental people to begin with who aren't well-balanced. I'm being honest. I'm not being mean. It's true. Something's going on in their life and they're, they're seeking solace with the, the magical Bigfoot. And people should probably consider God first or consider you know uh, uh, support groups when dealing with horrible things in their life get help don't get help from Bigfoot it's, it's, it's a dead end and people are dying and people are taking their lives and it's a subject that people don't like to talk about and suicide prevention is very important and when you're dealing with a belief system like Bigfoot you know you're dealing with uh, beliefs and not everybody's strong and so for me I'm okay with the whole circus being a fraud. I get it. All right. It's not for me anymore. I can walk away from it. But if my entire life was devoted to something like Bigfoot, or my my family and my friends, i look at Rene DeHinden, one of the original four horsemen of Bigfoot. His entire life he spent on Bigfoot, and he never saw it. And then uh, pretty much on his, his last dying words were, "It's all uh, it's all a sham. He wasted his life on something. He lost his wife, his whole family, because they were like, dude, you're nuts. And so mental health is very important when it comes to Bigfoot and being able to talk and share your experiences. And like I said earlier here on your podcast, Bigfoot tends to be, people in Bigfoot like that characteristic, that archetype, that cowboy eyes. Strong and masculine and da, da 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 because you can be whatever you want in Bigfoot because no one checks up on you you know what I mean there's, there's no real truth with these people in front of the camera in, in Bigfoot so you can be this big macho guy and be whatever you want no one's gonna know the difference
0: Well yeah? how, how yeah. do how do people connect being a Trump supporter? To Bigfoot, I don't understand the connection.
1: Okay, so all right, look at Duck Dynasty. They are very Christian uh, believers, and they are—they're like mountain men, you know. They—they're not—not the best um, in their appearance. They're kind of dirty toothless. They're, you know, granted, they're rich. But I'm just giving you a roundabout generalization here. Uh, Hunters, the hunting community, guns, Second Amendment. You Democrats aren't going to take away my guns. (laughs) Okay? So Trump, guns, Second Amendment, he totally patronized those people and brought them to his base. Are you following? And Christians, Trump has patronized Christianity, and they have seized him as, an, as a platform, you know, that he's a, he's a true, you know, uh, d- devoter of the Christ, and blah, 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 blah right? You following? Yes. And those people are Bigfooters. You don't have scientists as Bigfooters. You don't have anthropologists, and archaeologists as Bigfooters. You have the guy who is off Unemployment. Who's got his guns and complains about Obamacare? Yet he's on Obamacare. <laughs> the problem here: there's one archaeologist in Bigfoot, Kathy Strain. There's one anthropologist in Bigfoot, Dr. Jeff Melgrim. <clears throat> that's it. Everybody else are all Trump rally proud boys, three percenters. You ain't gonna take my guns. Bigfoot's real. It's shocking. It's overwhelming. And now people in Bigfoot are dying because they're not getting the vaccine. And they're going to Bigfoot conferences and spreading this shit to each other. It's horrifying.
0: Yeah. There's a the connection. That that makes sense. And that was a very clear, I have to, to say, I think that is a very clear linkage that you just made. Um, I had not thought of it that way. I couldn't see... You know, it's like people who enjoy fantasy stories, like, you know, one of the more famous fantasy stories is The Wizard of Oz. But usually you don't link those who like The Wizard of Oz stories with something in uh, the physical world, like a, a, a beast that walks upright on his, his two feet, You know, it usually doesn't happen like that. This seems to be a very unusual, very special connection that people are making.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep, because it gives their life meaning. And they feel like they're part of something cool. Um, We have this thing called FOMO, fear of missing out. and It applies to whatever we enjoy. As a Star Wars fan... I like to be in the, in the know of what's coming out in movies and in TV shows and et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's, we, we, we all have this. And it's also been ingrained into us ever since 9-11. Because if you recall, when September 11th happened, we were glued to the TV. We were watching, we were hoping that more people were going to come out of that rubble. And then Fox News has taken advantage of that dependency that we all have and wanted to see the, the, the breaking news. So when you watch Fox News, Every 10 minutes, there's a Fox News breaking news alert, constantly. Because if you're in the kitchen cooking, you're turning your head to see, ooh, what's the news alert? What's the-? Ever since 9-11, we've all been victim of that. We, yeah. we just have our cell phones, have smartphones have made it worse. Now we're getting immediate notifications on our phones, and our eyes are glued to our phones
0: constantly. Yes.
1: It's an addiction.
0: It is yeah. yes. I would agree with you. Um, now you wrote. Um, you're an author on Amazon, and you use the name, the author name, Richter J S Riolo. What first of all, what does the J S stand for? And secondly, how is that going? Those the books that you are offering uh, that you wrote that are you're offering on Amazon.
1: J S was my middle name, John Stanley. And so I wanted to make a name, use my full name that separates me from the Bigfoot Circus. So Richter J.S. Riolo, to me, sounded a little bit more, I don't know, um, literary than just Richter Riolo. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I wrote those books out of adult, my own personal need. I wrote a book about uh, gay spirituality and I wrote a book about 9-11 and what happened. Because in the early 2000s, when George W. Bush was president, if you recall, and those of you that are in our age group, there was this attack on gay marriage, and gays were bad, and the way these Christians were approaching gay marriage, it's like being Christian and having heaven in eternity, is like a country club exclusive to them. I disagree. You know, so eternity, the afterlife, isn't just for Christians. And that was my rage. And so I wrote a book about, um, it's a fictional story It involves a loved one coming back for his partner to take him on the next journey. It's it's almost like a little bit of a ghost story. But nonetheless, you know, there's, there's someone that's waiting for you on the other side. And in this love story, it happened to be a man coming for his man so that was the first book I wrote and then I put that on Amazon and then it's called War Bonds and then the 9-11 story you know we all felt helpless when the attack happened in our country and we're just glued to the news you know and I needed to break away from it and I needed to deal and process what has happened to our country and to all of us because all of our lives changed and so I decided to start writing and researching and investigating and over the few years it took me to write the story, more and more information was coming out about coming out about the conduct of those terrorists in our country and how they were learning how to fly a plane, but yet they never learned how to land it. Things like that. And all the different intelligence agencies that were not working together with the information that they were acquiring about these terrorists. You know, there was a there was a missing bridge of information. That's why we have homeland security now. So anyways that story is called Vehemence. And it was a very vehement day. And it was just my own therapy to write and to create a story that people could relate to with characters that you are vested in caring about and what happens to them. And it's a dark story because 9-11 was a very dark day, one of our darkest in our nation. And I was able to somewhat give it a positive ending that's not happy. So... Yeah, Um, that's why I wrote those I did those for my own self-benefit and I sell a few I don't really promote them very much because I didn't write them to make money I didn't write them to be like you know a famous author I just did that for my own benefit which is something I wish I hope your listeners will do for themselves you know
0: yeah I agree I encourage that also 100% that if you have something something to say you should say it or write it Um, yeah and that, that brings me to my, uh, my final question for you. Uh, you have done um, on YouTube uh, reviews or analysis shows such as covering uh, the Mandalorian series on Disney+. I happen to love that series, and I cannot wait for season three, whenever that comes along. Is that, is that what you intend to do next, is to focus on um, show business?
1: I would like to take my skills to the next level, which is why I'm currently in school. I'm in school right now for video production. I've been self-taught for the past 10 years, and I decided to finally, you know what? I'm going to invest in me and I'm going to learn the correct terminology for things and understand the different kinds of lenses. And I already know how to edit, I already know how to write, and I already know how to film. But I wanted to enhance my skills better to the point where I am marketable for work. Other than just being, hey, I was on a Bigfoot show. Okay, well, what else What else is there to you? You know what I mean? Yeah. So absolutely, I want to get into... Uh, showbiz, as you put it, and make my own work that I'm proud of that isn't connected with Bigfoot, where I can actually make real money and quite possibly reach a totally different audience and piss them off. <laughs> 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 That's my goal. You know, So maybe a documentary might be coming out. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll write a movie, which I'm currently writing a, a story to be made into a movie. You know, whatever comes along. I, I have a tremendous outgoing, extroverted, highly opinionated personality. So let's add this mix to a documentary. Boom! You've got the next Michael Moore. Look out!
0: Yes, that's a good, that's a good explanation. <laughs> Find out more about this topic. Go online to the website tabootruthsandtales.com That's tabootruthsandtales.com Taboo Truths and Tales is hosted by Madeira de Souza. That's me. Thank you.